0: Hey guys, I just had an amazing conversation with Ziba uh, from Fantasy Chocolates and obviously uh, chocolate and so many more things. And we spoke about parental advice, we spoke about her experience in the tsunami, importance of sports in life, and most importantly, having fun while doing all of this and not fearing failure at all and constantly learning. This was an amazing conversation for me. I've known Ziba from the outside. I've admired her work from the outside for a long time. It was amazing to meet her in person and learn so much from her. So do not miss out on that. See you guys in that soon. Ziba, I've been a huge fan of yours for a while. And when I bumped into you uh, at the event, I think that was a coincidence, but I'm so glad we did. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, everyone knows you in your current avatar, but there's so many things that I didn't know, which I found out literally a few minutes ago. So we will dive into that. But before that, tell me about the first 20 years of your life. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? I want know a little bit more about the the 20-year-old Ziba, your journey from zero to 20.
1: I grew up in Bombay. Okay. I played squash. I swam because I was a little tomboy. And my mama, who, you know, she, she, she did many things. And uh, she was my idol. I loved her. She used to swim, play squash. So I got into that. Thereafter, I became a tomboy because I was the eldest of two brothers. Okay. And uh, my dad said, "Hari, ye to, isko kuch to, classical Indian, kuch to dance sikhayenge." And um, my mom used to dabble in ballet. ballet. Okay. So my dad said. But she's too tall because I was the tallest in class. I was I was crazy. I had the largest feet. I think my shoe size is Rajesh's, my husband's. But having said that, um, I was too tall for ballet. Um, so I did Bharat Natyam. Mm-hmm. And I was a Bharat Natyam dancer for 10 years. Wow. I had a Parsi teacher called Khurshid Irani, mm. who now has, she's teaching elsewhere, not in Mumbai, Maharashtra. Mm-hmm and she was incredible with tall rhythm and that was pretty much a lot of my life mm-hmm. um then there was a a bit of uh, when i turned 18 mm. my mom got unwell so i kind of changed a lot of sport that i did and i took to knowing more about sciences mm-hmm. So in any case, uh, cutting back earlier to a few chapters, my mom was a microbiologist and she was sitting in her father's business seat. I grew up loving physics. I thought I loved bio more. Then I went crazy about chemistry. But suddenly I realized uh, The Abbot was the book when I was in the 8th, 9th, 10th. I had a teacher, incidentally, Parsi to Keki Mehta, Mm genius to boot i fell in love with physics there was something that drove me crazy i went to science college my mom removed me put me in business when i was uh i was one of the earlier born so mm. i think i was 15 and a half okay and um yeah so i went to hr college then sydenham first day first show i see rajesh Kohli, who was a, a record-breaking athlete for 100 meters 200 meters uh that was it. First day, first <laughs> <For> show. <sure. laughs> Done. And uh, well, then I was pulled out. I was struggling to learn more about business. My mum was unwell. I think it was my 18th birthday. And uh, she moved on on my 26th birthday in that area, both of it. So in that period, it was science that held me in good stead because of my scientific hunger. I was able to understand uh, medication, application of the medication. The first portacath, I learned how to operate. Probably I was one of the earlier first in our country. Oh, wow. And I taught her nurses how to flush the portacath with urokinase, etc., etc. I learned I was very young, but that was my interest. So everything goes back to, yes, you're zero to 20 years. Trust me guys, kids, I mean, to me, you're still a baby, right, Ashwin? And um, so I would like to say that these are the years, don't just shut out what interests you. Yes, with your circumstance, with your surroundings, environment, needs of family, very important. Sometimes we We do not do what we want. Mm -hmm. We do not get to do or be where we want to be. But everything's for a good reason. Just don't shut it off. Read more about what you like. May not be studying what you want, studying something else like me to me, you know, well. uh, But um, there's always a reason. And, And that is a part of your formative self. So it's really important where your parents come in, leading by example, the company you keep, the sport you play. Every sport kind of hones your disciplinary skills. It kind of forms uh, a structure to, a, to your day. Yes, of course, school. Yes, family time. Absolutely non-negotiable. But sport is amazing. So So I think
0: uh, any sport or any activity that you do on a daily basis, it could be sport,
1: like in my son's case, chess. Uh, Incredible. I believe he's a national (laughs) player. Wow. So uh, says a lot about parenting, buddy. I see. I would love to take the
0: credit. Uh, however, it is hundred percent him. Like he I plans fully believe that. everything. Oh he's. yes. So I think the effort me and my wife would take is to take him to tournaments. Yes. But his study regiment is by himself. He gets up at five five thirty, reads books, practices chess. Right. So th- that discipline that uh, somebody learns at an early age, when you're so focused on any activity like a sport, like I used to play badminton for state till eighth grade. Uh, it obviously came at the cost of my studies. So my agreement with my parents was okay till eighth. I can focus on whatever I want in terms of sports, but ninth and 10th, I need to study. So I remember uh, till eighth grade, I used to come 23rd, 24th in my class. And uh, ninth grade, first semester, I came second. All my friends were like, like, did you get the paper? Like, how, like, are you like actually smart? I'm like, I actually studied for a change. So <laughs> I think wherever, you know, uh, your focus is, that's where and you know, your energy goes and that's where outcomes come. So you said you got to work I don't know if you're forced to or you got to work uh, when you're 15 and a half, you got into business. What business was that?
1: So I didn't get into business ever. Okay. I grew up in chocolates. (laughs) I grew up doing two finger typing for my granddad, my mom. When I remember those names, Jackie, Francis, Annie, they'd go to lunch. I would be the telephone operator, timings 12 to 2 because they had shifts. Um, I learned master role as a baby and I, I, I used to be absolutely shocked that my name as a baby when I'd come and go and my name was never on the master I was a baby right I didn't come to work I wasn't working uh, but this these were my summer days I wanted I was hungry to come to work please understand there was a chocolate store down there so um, the question could be did you want to come to work or did you want to mess around and dive into chocolat I would say both. And my understanding of, yes, your sport is always from self. You kind of flew in the ninth and 10th grade. Sounds It resonates with me because up to the 8th grade, I was the naughtiest kid in class. I couldn't bear to be in class. I was a naughty brat. I loved food. I still do, please, and thankfully I have six foot to feed, so I'm okay with my portions. (laughs) However, in the eighth grade, I kinda realized, hey, I am extremely overweight. I never looked it as much because I was very, very tall, but I just decided I'd like to kinda get fit. So I just started. I was doing Bharat Natyam. I did that for ten years, and I just had you know disciplined so i had less time to eat secondly i fell in love with science so in the ninth and tenth grade i started just upping my marks my report card had lesser red lines and suddenly i was doing amazingly well in my own eyes because i never compared Uh, my mom as i said was a microbiologist so like i mean that's all great but um My nana never graduated and he had a lot of businesses where he met. He was just a simpleton on the stairs of St. Francis Xavier's Church. And he was in Goa and he was trying to make a great living. And apparently he met a lot of international guys and started representing them and became an indenting agent and went on from there. So our core businesses was cold storaging, warehousing, refrigeration. Wow frozen foods and um, so science again held me in good stead my mom's science held her in good stead business actually is not only with degrees Mm -hmm. it's a lot about hands-on experience and also when you can there are no emotions you know so you must learn how to move from family time to sport time to business and not hate it, understand it, know that this matters, move to science. That gets a little more emotional, that's a bit hard for me to cut off from. But yeah, so, so pretty much similar.
0: So, what happened after did you say HR
1: college? I did. So, what happened
0: after HR college?
1: So, then I went to Sydenham, okay. Um, and Each and every day, I did come from work and I did go back to work. I was a goody, goody bore. So I'd run in, give my absenteeism, present, whatever. I tried to be in the dance group and dance to something from some some dance movie. So I wanted to participate in everything with zero practice. So I did that. Mm -hmm. I never worried about making a fool of myself. I just laughed. I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. And uh, to me, college in Bombay was fun. Uh, Did I learn a lot? Yes, I learned structure about accounts and it just kind of opened my mind. But for work, I learn on the go even continually today. So I must admit that.
0: So what I took away from this last one minute was uh, that you were not afraid to make a fool of yourself. Not at all. I think that is such a interesting trait if you want to be happy in life if you want to be even successful and success means different things to different oh, people oh completely if you're able to make a fool of yourself and if you're okay with making a fool of yourself that means you're okay to try new things you're okay to jump in before reading the instructions you're okay to say yes before you and the person finishes the sentence so basically okay to new opportunities okay to trying out new things which allows for your life to be so much more interesting you're okay with failures right so i think uh, something that I am really happy with and something I literally, when I introduced myself, I introduced myself by saying, I've shut down six businesses is because I think I've learned more from those failures than I have from my successes. And when you start and when you learn from failures, start a lot of new things and you failed enough, you whenever you start something new, you have so much more that you can bring to the table because you know what to do, what not to do. Right, So all my failures, every time I failed, I've actually written like almost like a one-page learning, like handwritten one-page learning. Wow. And then every time I start something new, I kind of go back to those papers and I'm like, what? I mean, I you can make a mistake once. Making the same mistake twice, according to me, would not be very smart. So I, I try not to repeat mistakes, right? So, but the ability to fail in publicly, like I've had a couple of big public failures recently and they've been perfectly fine. I love it. And. And I think the reason it's been perfectly fine is me and we as an organization are okay to fail. And we call it at Equinox, we call it fail forward fast, right? So make mistakes, make them fast, make them in publicly, it's fine. And and that's perfectly good, right? Uh, so you also mentioned that you worked for 30 years for different companies, different ventures. So run me through that, run me through your professional journey.
1: So again, coming back to zero to 20, hmm. That's when you have to actually understand and have no fears Mm. and tap your youth, which is primarily almost fearless. Fears are usually instilled by those around you or the company that you have kept and you're drawing from their fears or scary movies and scary, scary things, you know. So I understand horror movies and all of that and you can laugh at it, but I feel Fear is generated from inside based on what you feel and see from outside. so coming back to my journey from twenty to fifty because you said the next thirty years um my granddad I worked. From youth, Mm. and I won't call it work, I enjoyed the time spent as a baby in my granddad's office. Mm. I literally used to shadow him and my mom. I used to observe, not because I was asked to observe. I was, I just loved it. I had the option of going to the club to play a sport. Okay, that I chose less and Mm. chose sandwiches near my office a lot more and the (laughs) chocolate, but... Genuinely speaking, I never overthought or overanalyzed the different roles I have uh, played, Ashwin. It came naturally. So if I was asked to type, I wanted to master typing and I kept wondering, why is my uh, typing slower than Mr. Patankar? Then when I was asked to calculate and I was really another story, though I have photographic memory. Mm. So if I want to master and impress, I did that, but nothing goes out in my brain. So that was another big problem. So I just realized that I I don't, and I realize this today, every day. Don't overthink. Mm. Don't overanalyze. Yes, everything is not at face value, but it's important to apply your previous learnings Understand it, be fearless and take the bull by its horns. Do not avoid a problem. So if I, I was in, you know, I worked as an indenting person for my granddad. I, I didn't know anything about cleaning agents. Ozone layer became the biggest thing. My nana represented Freon in India. Oh, wow. And uh, the alternatives to Freon became Suva. Trust me, I was only but a child. I think I may have just started my teenage years. I was obsessed by what is a cleaning agent, what is Freon, what is a refrigeration. And uh, my nana had a gentleman who taught air conditioning and refrigeration to the lesser privileged Mm -hmm. um, at that time. So I would just sit there with zero knowledge about this and continually till today, I don't really joda wires and know all that stuff my rajesh is a guru of that Mm -hmm. but i would sit there and want to know more so i was i think hunger for not only food is important and that again comes from within so and if you don't have hunger in refrigeration cleaning agents or chocolate that just works but something will make you hungry. Maybe art, as I'm surrounded by here today. Maybe people. Because I observe everyone who is either listening to us right now in this very room and even choosing the right angles, they are riveted by this conversation. So I feel listening and being in the moment is really important. It helps you to empower yourself before you take the next step. So that is really important to me. And um, and uh, I feel... Not comparing your circumstance to anyone else's. Some people are early starters, some people are late. Watch me on the running course. My husband was a speedy starter. Mm. I am still trying to start mm. running a race. Mm. Um, but, you know, it doesn't define who you are. Mm. Life's journey in your eyes, mm. back to the word success, if you do it, in fully being in the moment, with joy, not bothering what the world thinks, make a complete, maybe not an ass of yourself, maybe in your eyes you're an ass, but in someone else's, you are not. You know, so just do it is really important and I'm not trying to be cliche like the Nike thing. <laughs> Sponsor us, guys. But, um I really mean it. You know, you got to be in the moment.
0: Uh You've, started judging competitions you've uh, you know uh, traveled the world in the last few years how did that start how did that come about
1: so it uh really unless you plan a business and structure it right nothing else in your life can be planned mm-hmm. by the uh, by you being requested to come for a podcast by mr ashwin badri <laughs> no less this wasn't planned it was circumstantial And it was organic. So similarly, a lot of things in life, interviews, um, moments where you must indulge yourself and build memories so you experience nostalgia rather than regret. Uh, These things just happen. Similarly, um, I am not a chef, But I've judged chef competitions. Uh, I never had the opportunity and the luxury of time to go to a culinary institute because I just started doing things that much earlier. And because I never had the option to make a choice, there was no one else out of all my granddad's uh, grandchildren to take over what he did. And uh, he did lose his son, my mother. His son was expected to take over, but he did lose it. So my mom, who was also more of a science person, she took over. And and that's how I then took over. And uh, I realized I never had the opportunity to choose, let me go to this college or let me do that degree. So I decided, I don't care. I will keep reading. In those days, no Google. No Kindle, <laughs> but bookstores. So if I even went anywhere on a vacation, you'd find me in the dingiest library, even if it was three hours. I just wanted to smell the musty air, know the kind of books that surrounded me, come back and see where I could get it and forage ag- around my mum's books, my Nana's books, and try to find what I wanted to read. Mm. So I feel that judging similarly just was an organic thing i met amazing people um, who are in the field of Mm. chocolate and um, have created these sessions for knowing more about chocolate so i found that being such a niche it was magnetic to those in the chocolate industry so so similarly These competitions many years ago happened. It happened for various territories, various continents. Mm. And um, I was then asked by my Italian mentor, uh, would uh, you know, if you're here already, would you like to judge? And and I realized judging, because you don't know what you're judging, right? It's uh, all coded, is also about learning. You can never know enough. Yes. And the person who has created something which is in front of you has created it with knowledge and with their understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So as a judge, you cannot get roped into every emotion. But what you do need to do is know your palate, know the stories behind it, it's actually extremely layered and it needs a lot of experience a lot of um constant updatation updation yeah updation Amazing. updating of yourself and a lot of tasting mm-hmm. so there are times i may have tasted 900 morsels of course wow. it's over a period of maybe over a week, nine, ten days, you cleanse your palate in particular ways. You take breaths, of course. Um, you do not, I mean, perfume and all that kind of stuff. There's no place for that while you're tasting. And it has to be, it's like a meditation. And it has to be simple because the first step and the last step is you need to like it. Mm-hmm. And people often ask me, what's the best chocolate? Mm-hmm. So I say, what do you like? is the best chocolate. Now, if you ask me critical words like, what's good for my keto diet? Mm. I don't know these words in these diets. What's good for my cleansing my stomach diet? What's good for gluten-free? That's important. Mm -hmm. What's good for allergy, allergen-free? What's plant-based? So these are words which sound very hip. You know, it's as hip as Mm -hmm. denim right now, I believe. That's the hottest fashion at the moment. (laughs) But uh, for spring, Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, honestly speaking, guys, it was organic. It was a privilege. I got to taste unlimited farmers' produce. Um, I tasted the cacao bean itself to know the difference between the beans Lovely. and then the nuances of the various stages of fermentation, roasting, production, everything's changing. So people talk about fast food, they talk about slow food, they talk about so many things. Everything is applicable. Yes, first to life, Mm -hmm. first to listening to this podcast and 100% to Mm. everything that you're doing.
0: Lovely. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about the tsunami story. Uh,
1: Me, my husband, Mm. my children Mm. and my father-in-law who had experienced a stroke and was recovering from his paralysis. Mm. We took a short break to Phuket. Mm. It was around Christmas. Mm. It was a last minute booking Mm. and um, it was my idea. I wanted to go away out of Bombay and just be with the family. Mm. And um, I remembered a hotel which Rajesh and me had gone to during a honeymoon. And computers were there. There was uh, Expedia.com. And in those days, there was those things, you know. No make my trip, Mm. none of. So we were trying to find what was the name of this hotel. Websites were already born by then. So we we're trying to find this hotel and we couldn't find it. So we got one hotel, which was called the Bantai Resort. And I told Raji kithar tum meko leke ja rahi? Yaar? So he said, Ziba, that's all that's available. Now you want to go, let's go. So I said, chal, how wrong could it be? So we had never heard the name. And I said, when you don't hear, kya malum? You know, it was in the 2000s. I mean, we're in 2023, mm. 2024, mm. as we speak. Yeah. So we went there, and I said, Something looks familiar. And I recognized outside there was a Watson uh, and a McDonald right outside. And I said, R- Rajesh, this sounds and feels familiar. It was the exact honeymoon hotel which had been rebuilt <laughs> one and a half years ago. Oh, lovely. And they had changed the name, it changed hands. And uh, apparently none of us knew I wanted a room on the upper level, pool facing. I didn't get any of this. I got a room on the ground floor, right by the reception, two of them next to each other. And I said, Raju, we're not getting what we want. And uh, it was what it was. So, you know, and as I said, trying to convince myself at that time, I'm a happy go lucky person and everything's fine. So we went there. And then we always book breakfast mm. because with children, you need to, you know, just make sure they have a little bit. And my father-in-law, very particular uh, for his medication, blah, blah, blah. So um, that day, we overslept by five minutes. Mm-hmm. And my father-in-law was outside our door saying, knock, knock, come in. You know, I mean, the time 10 I 9.30, 9.25, Kya and it was on the beach. Breakfast, we had to walk down to the beach. And we were late. because. And then I said, oh, my God, Rajesh, I'm getting the kids ready. They're struggling. That's when the tsunami hit. So we caught my father-in-law, pulled him in, and we didn't know a tsunami. I didn't, as much as I know, I didn't know that name. It hmm. did not ring a bell, even hmm. though I read it in my books, hmm. right? So my husband, my father-in-law knocked the door and he said, it looks like there was a shootout that's taken place. There are lots of people running in. We can't see anything. And recently, there was a shootout in Bali. So he said, Aisa kush lag ra So we took my father-in-law into the room, shut it, and there was silence and mayhem outside. We were frozen. Our luck, our room door was next to the staircase mm. and the reception. We got saved because of location. We walked up that staircase we were on the first floor. We looked down. There were boats, jet skis, dead fish. The entire Watson had been emptied. McDonald was emptied. There were benches, chairs, everything in the reception. Because the reception also had an entry of a small canal. Hmm. So when you walked in, the reception was at the far end. Hmm. A staircase to go up next to it. our room right by it. And... Uh, so we looked down and we saw crazy things happening. My husband and me, after the first, we didn't know what was going on. And everyone who knew the Thai people were talking Thai. We don't speak Thai, right? And our our hotel primarily had a lot of Thai, had a lot of uh, other, you know, mm. nationalities. Mm. And um, finally, a Singaporean who had come in as a GM to this hotel, After facing hurricanes in a Florida hotel, and this hotel had just been re-cemented, everything around it had gone down, Mm. it was absolute tragedy and trauma in every way. And this Singaporean just handled the matter really well. We went up to the third floor because there were alarms and there were no phones and everyone was distraught to say the least uh we would and we stayed there for several hours there was no plumbing everyone was needing to go to the whatever washroom etc people were very kind on the third floor everyone had opened out their rooms and blah 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 and going back to my early zero to 20s I was kind of uh I had, I had learned emergency because my mum was not well mm. So in my purse, I usually kept like a couple of cans of water. Coke, actually, to be honest. Mm. Uh, guys, Coke, I hope you're listening. And um, I kept Mari biscuit and mm. glucose biscuit just as a reflex action. Mm. And of course, I am babies. So I never took a chance. And I always had an emergency medical pouch. Mm. So my bag was a large one and had everything in it.
0: Nice.
1: And... For some reason, I don't know, I'm crazy, but I remembered when we ran up without slippers, I took my purse. That's strange. So Rajesh and me carried my father-in-law, my two babies, and I remember to carry my purse. We went up. to After the first floor, we went to the third. So I had enough medication for my pa in law my daughter. Everyone, was, I mean, people were fainting. So we were sharing sips of Coke and biscuits it was several hours and then the gm um, had organized buses to evacuate people in the hotel there were a lot of people who had gone extremely early morning into diving mm. they never came back and uh and that's only a few of them it was it was not anything that i want to engage in mm. today's podcast mm. but um the buses were full people. We didn't get in. So we walked uphill in a crazy way for hours until someone from Reuters, there mm. was a man and a woman. I just, I mean, my daughters, my father, in nobody, I mean, fainting, mm. um, weak. And uh, a lot of Thai people were coming with umbrellas and water. So we could manage sips because we were throngs of everybody. And I remember just standing in the middle of the road and saying, I can't do this with kids at my Rajesh. And we were holding everything. And these two couple stopped the car. It was um, very strange. Isuzu, open wagon again, Isuzu. You will be listening? We got in, we clambered in, and they took us to their office. They were also stuck mm. for some place, and mm. they and when they got out, they were taking the car up and down to bring people up. Oh, uh, but when they saw our condition, they took us to their office, and uh, across the road there was this tiny little cafe, uh, for to serve typical small Thai coffee, mm. and you know they they were just helping, and that's how everything wow. got fine. And after many hours, we found another. We had already been told by the GM. In the initial six, seven, eight hours that we were in the hotel, there were two waves that hit incidentally and we all had seen the second one was just grey and black. And we had run in and it came and then there was a warning of the third one, which thankfully was just a warning. And uh, yeah, from there we found someone to hitchhike late evening. The GM had told us which hotel everyone was evacuated into Old Town so we went into old town phuket mm-hmm. and um, yeah and then i'm here right wow, now a, with <laughs> it's you it's
0: quite a quite an incident
1: it was quite an
0: experience makes you who you are absolutely i think every uh, experience that you have good bad or ugly shapes you in so many different ways
1: but you must know that mm. you must know this from the moment you're born so mm. it's not just a myth mm. when they say surround yourself and the mom to be with pleasant thoughts mm. good music we don't know but many things work like back to a chocolate story mm. like they uh, conducted a sort of a research on moms to be okay mm. and there were a lot of moms who were given chocolate mm. and a, and some Food to eat. The mm-hmm. other moms were not given chocolate mm-hmm. and similar foods to eat and other sweet things. And they say, okay, tongue in cheek. Hopefully, maybe not, um, that the moms to be who ate chocolate produced more laughing babies. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's I can't a resist. not <laughs> resist dessert. sharing this. Uh,
0: you have two daughters. I do. Uh, one piece of parental advice? Like, what did you do maybe differently with them that you're really proud of?
1: And I can say that, uh, Garv se, Rajesh and Mere Baare mein, um, I can say that, we have never chosen or made choices for our children. Ever. And at no point have we kind of inculcated in them That you must take over from us. Brilliant. We have only but surrounded them with padding. Coming back to you when you say, all you do is take your child to the tournament. That's all they need. They don't need your intellect. Your intellect is good for you in your life. They need just kindness love joy happy nutrition you know there's Absolutely. a time for lecture but there's all the time in the world for just being near your child
0: brilliant advice so my last question to you is what's next for you i know you've, you mentioned a couple of things that you're working on new but what's next for ziba
1: The world is at my feet, buddy. (laughs) Like right now, I'm bursting with all the stuff I have learned over the last, especially through COVID. Mm. COVID, I just spent time introspecting. And um, I think it held me in good stead, Mm. especially what I knew was going on. It shaped my next chapters. Um, Since then, I have spent a lot of time learning. I'm excited to share my learnings. Fantastic. And that is actually what's going on. My next season of my Bollywood chat show, I've done two TEDx uh, talks. I've been asked for a couple more. And different, always different topics, Mm -hmm. right? I've written three books. Um, I have two more. Which were prepared earlier okay. during COVID. Mm. I'm just getting set to be in Bombay a little more so I can launch it. Okay. And um, yeah, so, and I've been very excited to be conferred the Chocolate Somalia uh, in India award by the Economic Times.
0: Brilliant.
1: And that, you know, I mean, it just makes me feel so joyful with the respect that's given so it just kind of humbles you further and you just want to share your learnings instead of just harboring it within yourself so that's where so I'm.
0: i I love the fact that you mentioned earlier that there is a course that you're going to be teaching you know students who want to learn you know a lot more uh the tedx talks the books i think you have the next four or five years already filled with a lot of new ideas that you want to bring to life and uh, where do you see fantasy chocolates five years from today?
1: So fantasy chocolate was started in 1946. Mm-hmm. My granddad's refrigeration and cold storing, uh, cold storaging businesses mm. were 1939. Mm. Fantasy was formed and founded only. F- to protect, educate mm. and give Respect and jobs to the lesser privileged people of society. I didn't know that. I continue to do that with all my love, all my learnings and support. So what I do is independent of what I support my Nana's fantasy business. Fantasy is geared up because, as I said, I share with them. I teach them. I hone their skills further. They have a lot of exciting products going on. Uh, There are a lot of high teas planned within store-in-store events um, and a lot of spoiling of their clients that's taking place right now. Where I am concerned, I will be uh, going all out and Conducting my sensory workshops, Mm -hmm. my chocolate tasting workshops, Mm -hmm. creating budding chocolate sommeliers. There's a lot of good stuff um, that's actually unfolding as we speak.
0: Brilliant. I uh, I have been following your journey from the outside. I didn't know you personally And, and I've seen you do multiple things. I think you've done so well to bring a different side of chocolates to the world. Uh, being the first chocolate familiar of India, I think that's a brilliant uh, way of doing that. And uh, anytime you are doing a workshop on chocolates, I would love to. Even though we, as a company, run sensory uh, testing as a service,
1: I had for, no idea.
0: I know exactly. I didn't mention. So again,
1: this is organic. Again, this was just in conversation. <laughs> so.
0: It's, I didn't mention that. Mention how that fantastic! Earlier. And uh, so we we actually have uh, more than what four five hundred uh, people sensory panelists who work with us. Oh geez. The country that is absolutely different, extraordinary. Different different customers. They're on site. They're on our, mm. uh, at our office and on site as well. And uh, I'm not I'm not obviously qualified to do it, but I would love to actually learn a little more since we ha- we are one of the biggest in the country in the space. But unfortunately, I'm not trained. I would love to be trained by the best. So whenever you're doing the next session, please save a seat for me. I would
1: love to come and. So So I want to give you a Eureka moment. Okay. Neither have I trained. (laughs) I have trained myself, my own palate and all my six senses. And that's what I teach.
0: So I think, uh, and uh, this, I'm somebody who loves quotes. And one of my favorite quotes has been that an education, a formal education will help you make a living. But it's self-education that helps you make a fortune.
1: Well, maybe I'm the epitome of that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) and my quote is "There you are as fantastic as you are going to be here and now enjoy it
0: and i think that sums you up very nicely so whatever i know of you i've always seen you enjoying the moment where you are with the people you are in the surroundings you are and i've never seen and met anyone who's enjoyed the art as much as you have so thank you so much for that And thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your learnings, sharing your parenting tips, uh, which I know I'm going to use. And uh, it's it's very inspiring to see what you've done. And I'm very excited to see what you do next.
1: I intend to make you perspire, buddy because i am going to want to have you around me and you're going to try so hard to be a part of all my things i look Absolutely. forward
0: and, and i'm very excited for that thank, uh, thank you Ziva for taking out the time and coming on the show and my pleasure it, it's always good to meet people you've admired from afar and now now that i know you and I, i'm very sure we're going to land up doing some fun stuff together uh, I but I, I think uh, when you Many a times the reason, many people ask me like, you know, why am I doing a podcast?
1: I, that was my question. That was my sign off Zeba <laughs> Kohli with Ashwin Padri. So please share.
0: So the reason I do, we run a, I mean, Equinox Labs is a laboratory. Mm. We have a few other businesses, but I mean, business is, it's a testing company. So why is a founder of a testing company doing a podcast? That's right. Uh, in all honesty, I started the podcast because I, as a person, love learning from people. Right. I've learned from people within the organization and learned from people outside the organization. But I wanted a format in which I do it regularly, especially outside the organization. I do it regularly and access people I normally otherwise wouldn't have you know, met. So after I did two things. One is every networking event, the opportunity I get to meet new people. I never say no. My answer is always yes. Uh, no matter how small or big it is. And, me too. uh The reason the podcast started is I was like, you know what? I want to know more. Like if you meet somebody in networking and you meet them for two minutes, five minutes. You can't really learn too much, right? But in a setup like this, a couple of things happen. One, consistency sets in. So I have an entire team that keeps me accountable. Like okay, every two weeks we have to shoot. Uh, no, so it's called Shoot Day. We do three, four podcasts. In that day, I get to meet three, four new people. So most of the podcasts I've done is with people I don't know right? I mean, it started out the first two, three, four with people I do know, maybe just the comfort. But after that, I've made it a point to interview people I don't know because Good I get to you. learn so much oh, from totally. them. Oh, totally. And for me, it's not about the views, likes and comments. All that is great. But for me, it is spending that half an hour, one hour with somebody, learning something from them, learning a habit, learning a way of looking at life. And I think that that's just for me, that's it. I, I'm Even if nobody watches this, I'm still very happy. But what gives me even more joy is if somebody watches this, learns something new, gets inspired. But that is the
1: entire new. purpose.
0: And I think that's just, that's that that's the reason
1: I do Just so, uh, sharing and learning.
0: So. Yeah. And uh, today morning I read a quote. It's And it was saying, you know, hey, I'm telling you things not because I know more than you. It's because I have messed up more mm-hmm. than you. That's why I'm telling you these things. I, I saw that quote. Somebody actually sent it to me saying that's why I tell you things. So, But it, it resonated really well. So thank you, Ziba, for sharing your learnings, your journey. And uh, I'm looking forward to what Ziba does next.
1: Thank you, Ashwin Badri.
0: Thank you so much.